Hello, 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 boss babes. Yes, we're doing this again, and we are kickstarting an entire new series of mini-sodes that are featuring boss babes in the Ottawa Valley that go beyond entrepreneurs and business owners. We are recognizing role models, activists, corporate leaders, and working professionals who are breaking barriers, sparking important conversations, and championing for change. We want to be inclusive and embrace those that are making an impact, are changing their communities, and are bringing awareness to topics that sometimes have the potential to generate controversy. Because ambitious and powerful boss babes aren't just making waves in the entrepreneurship world, and they too need to be heard. Now let's kickstart the conversation. Welcome to Boss Babe Corner. Hey, I'm Katie. And I'm Louise, and together we are vendors of the Valley. Come join us at our vendor market October 22nd from 4 to 9 at Two International Way, all in support of the Pembroke Regional Hospital. Bring your friends, shop some amazing local vendors, and enjoy locally sourced food and drinks. Tickets go on sale September 22nd at 9 a.m. We hope to see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boss Babe Corner. These two friends are on a mission to raise awareness and help to, and to help provide direction around racism and discrimination while also promoting equity, diversity, and inclusivity in the town of Petawawa. They want to ensure that their neighbors and friends feel welcomed, supported, and most importantly, safe in their community, and they are also here to share their own stories. Please welcome Ellen Wong and Becky Conroy, residents of Petawawa, to Boss Babe Corner. Ladies, how are you guys doing this evening? Great. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, I'm great. I'm excited to be here. So are you like, are you guys both born and raised here in the Ottawa Valley? And how did the two of you both know each other? Yeah, so I grew up in Pembroke. I was born in the Pembroke Hospital. Um, my family immigrated here actually from China. And uh, yeah, I grew up in the Valley. And I met Becky. We, we've always known each other. Actually, it's kind of funny, like our families mm-hmm. knew each other. And our sisters were friends. We played ball together and we were both in sports. So we always, we've always kind of known each other. Yeah. Yeah. I also grew up in Pembroke. Oh, so born in the Pembroke hospital, but um, grew up here and lived here until the end of high school. I, I moved away for a bit, but yeah, like Ellen said, we kind of had a, a few connections and um, just kind of knew each other, which is part of being in a small town, I think. So ladies, I want to kind of talk more specifically about the work that you guys are doing to bring more awareness and to create a diversity advisory committee. So I'm aware that the town of Renfrew and the city of Pembroke both recently created one. And I think the last time I actually remember seeing anything done in Petawawa was the Garrison Petawawa Cultural and Diversity Festival in 2019. But Ellen, you and Becky are actually looking to launch a diversity committee in the town of Petawawa and actually brought this forward to Mayor Bob Sweet already. So when was this and what was his response? So I had a chance to meet with Mayor Sweet um, and we have been communicating through email and and phone calls over the last few weeks. Um, He definitely is supportive of the idea of this committee. but he just doesn't really want it to be part of council. And, and you know, I understand with the politics and I, I understand there's certain aspects and freedoms that we would be able to have if it wasn't part of council. But I do feel strongly that this type of committee needs to be a standing committee with the town of Petawawa. Um, there's a lot of things that um, I think about, um, you know, with, with the workers and, and with the community as well. You know, we wanna be able to promote this to our community. We wanna be able to work with the town 
So I think either way, um, you know, I'll be happy if the committee is with the town of Petawawa, if it's not with the town of Petawawa. Um, but yeah, he wasn't supportive of, of having a standing committee with the town of Petawawa, unfortunately. After speaking to a few people and, and having a few conversations, Ellen and I started talking about, you know, the bigger picture and how a diversity and inclusion committee is something that Petawawa needs. Um, I did bring that up in our conversation and, and I, I had a similar experience to Ellen. I think it's so important to Petawawa. I mean, it's important anywhere. I had um, an opportunity to sit on a similar committee at the school that I work at and, and due to COVID and some of the shutdown, we didn't get to meet as often as we wanted. But to me, I think there's no negative that could possibly come from a committee like that. So um, I think that we're gonna try to make it work either way. So that's good. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that there is a Petawawa Diversity and Employment Equity Advisory Group, which provides advice and insight to the leadership of Garrison Petawawa. Now, would you guys consider meeting with them and seeing if this group is open to civilians and not just CFB members? Absolutely. So they actually do, um, I believe, have some civilian members on their advisory group, um, but their group focuses a lot on um, the employment standards and, and kind of that promotion within the military. So in CFB Petawawa, there is over 5,000 troops. And I think that, yes, you know, this is a very uh, unique group with a lot of different issues and problems that may not be as relatable to the civilian world. So we, Becky and I chatted and we said, you know, we're definitely interested in, in meeting with this group and discussing, you know, opportunities with them. But we do believe that our overall goals are a little bit different from, from kind of what we were thinking with our committee in, Pember, in uh, Petawawa. Um, they have a huge job, right? So I think collaboration is great and it's key uh, because we have a lot of diversity in this committee. You know, it, it is definitely due to the garrison, but there's also places in Renfrew County that, you know, people from Petawawa, they live here and they work in certain places like the Pembroke Hospital, like Canadian Nuclear Laboratories, like Algonquin College. So, you know, um, we're definitely open to meeting with this advisory group. And uh, yeah, I do believe they actually have some civilians on their committee, uh, but I think our overall goals are a little bit different. Now, having a diversity committee would be a welcoming opportunity, I believe, for members of the BIPOC and LGBTQS plus communities and their allies to share their experiences and offer suggestions or ideas to move forward. Now, Becky, you are actually part of the LGBTQS plus community. So can you actually, uh, if you feel comfortable talking about your experience? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, one of the reasons I really think it's important is, is, like you said, just based on my own experience as a, as a gay woman and as a part of that community. But I think representation and uh, an opportunity to have conversations and to learn from one another is so important. You know, I've, I've looked back on when I was younger and my, my story of coming out to my family, friends or, or whoever it is. And um, actually personally, I was always fairly confident and, and supported by my family and friends. I didn't have a fear of, of, of losing any of them or that kind of judgment. And it was still really difficult for me. So that always makes me think of how difficult it must be for someone who, who doesn't know that or who does live with that fear of, you know, what's gonna happen when I tell people this. So my my personal experience has shown me that just seeing that representation in others and whether that's in movies or books or literature at school or a committee like this where you can just relate to one another I think it's so important you know I've uh, I've, I've learned things in my adolescence and in my adulthood that have just made me feel so much more comfortable and sometimes it's just someone else sharing their story um, in, in fact a few weeks ago I I remember reading a, an article about compulsory heterosexuality and I've never really heard that term I'd never really read about it and you know I'm um, 
I'm 34 years old. And when I read it, I thought, yes, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> and, I, and it was interesting because I'd just never been exposed to it. So that's why I think from someone in the LGBTQ2S plus community, it's just about being able to relate to other people or being able to, to hear their stories or to ask questions. And, and I think that that would go such a, a long way, especially, especially for younger people who are, are just figuring out or might have a lot of questions, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know that we are educating each other. We're learning more about it in schools. We're talking about it openly at work. I mean, we're slowly progressing and we're getting there, but again, slowly but surely. But Becky, can you tell us maybe how we can deepen our understanding of LGBTQ related issues, including basic terms and concepts and learning more how to become more of an ally? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of compare this to my own experience. Um, like Ellen mentioned, we've talked a lot and I always say, you know, when I hear about discrimination, let's say just to the, the whole community, LGBTQ2S plus community, and, and more specifically, maybe a homophobic comment or sentiment, like I, I feel it, I physically feel it, it bothers me, I'm aware of it, um, and I can really relate to it. And that's something that I know is because it's, it's personal to me. So I, I try to remember that maybe other ways that I haven't been discriminated against and other ways that I don't personally feel, the only way that I can be a part of that solution and, and try to understand it as best I can is to listen to other people who have been through it. And I think it's the same for people who maybe want to be an ally or want to know how can I help? You know, that's, that's about having those conversations and having a place where we can, in a safe way, ask questions and in a safe way, be called out on on where the issues are and where the problems are and what we're not doing well enough and where we need to improve. So that's, I, I would say my interest in that. And I think when you really talk about allies, that's, that's kind of what needs to happen. You need to educate them more. You need to find a group of people that not only are, are trying to tick boxes, but are looking like, how can we make change? How can we make it better? Um, and that, that's kind of how I see it, you know, and, and again, going back to this committee that we'd like to start, I think that's, that's a perfect opportunity for either people who, are part of that community or people who want to be an ally to, to actually understand it more. Now, Ellen, I want to switch gears and talk about your own personal story of how you and your family have experienced prejudice and racism and discrimination here in our rural community. Yeah, so I definitely do believe that, um, you know, there are some, some racism issues in Renfrew County. Um, but at the same time, I think that racism is something that's a global issue. It's not just here, you know, in the Ottawa Valley and in Renfrew County. Um, I was born at the Pembroke Hospital, like I mentioned. I lived here for 30 years. I love living here. And I think that, you know, we can really educate people on racism and discrimination. Um, but it is really important that the BIPOC community feels safe and welcome here. My family came here over 60 years ago. And they came here, you know, for a better life in Canada. And my dad has told me stories, you know, when he was younger, that he was one of the only Chinese children at his school and the teasing and the bullying. And although I am mixed, I felt that as well. And growing up here, you know, the bullying and the teasing, you know, I'm a very outgoing person, but there is something about, you know, being called a name and somebody attacking you for your race. That is something that I cannot change. And I never saw a racism issue until I was in about grade five. And that's still very young, right? Um, one of my classmates pointed out in her class picture that when I was smiling, my eyes just disappeared. And for the rest of my school pictures, 
I didn't want to smile because I didn't want my eyes to disappear. And that's a story that one day I will tell my children because I am so proud of my Chinese background. And I'm so proud that, you know, I am a person of color and I am a mixed race person and I'm proud of the way I look. Um, but back then it was something that was just like, I didn't want to smile anymore. And I look back and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, look at these pictures where I'm not even smiling. But then I remember that that was a time in my life that I was really self-conscious of what, you know, other people would say about me. Um, and yeah, I think we really need to educate children because people are not born racist. You know, they, they're not born to be prejudiced and they're not born to, um, you know, to discriminate. But, you know, that is something that we need to teach children at, at a young age. We need to teach kindness and acceptance in schools and continue to have, you know, communities that, that that's their main focus. But I also um, want other people to know that, like Becky had mentioned, you know, there's certain privileges that we all have. And maybe sometimes we're blind to that. You know, I am a female, you know, I am not gay and I haven't gone through things that Becky has gone through. And, you know, Becky's not a person of color, so she hasn't gone through things that I have gone through. So it is something that we really need to teach our rural community that, you know, just because you've never found something insulting in that certain manner, um, it is insulting to other people and sometimes it's our privilege and we should be lucky that, you know, we've never been hurt by something um, that others have been. So I think that's really important. We all are trying to learn and educate people, but what can we as a community do better to stand up to racial prejudice and be a human rights champion? I think just being very open-minded. And like I mentioned, you know, when you read something on a social media platform or when somebody says something to you that maybe you're like, oh, that's not insulting to me, be open-minded and think, you know, that could be insulting to someone else. And I've had a lot of experiences where um, I've, you know, somebody has said something and then, you know, I'll tell even my husband or even somebody, somebody that's very close to me, oh, that was so insulting, but they, they don't understand that. So I think it's really important to be open-minded, to educate people and with this committee, we want to be able to do that. We want to be able to, you know, be in the public eye. We want to be able to be at events and promote that, you know, this community is welcoming. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest piece is definitely education and, and starting at, at a young age and just being able to be a kind and nice person. Yeah, and a lot of people actually, Ellen, just to touch on that, they're, they're open, like, and, and like you said, Holly, they're open to learning and, and they want to learn and they want that opportunity to, to you know, better themselves. And, and like you said, it's about having an open mind. So sometimes it's, it's providing that opportunity. So being visible or, or having a committee provides that opportunity because um, I've experienced it sometimes even with students saying that they just, they don't know what the questions are to ask, or they don't want to ask the wrong question, or they don't, they don't, they don't know how to help. So if you could organize a committee and try to lead in that way and try to be more visible, there are a lot of people uh, who, who want to be positive members of this community. And, and, you know, we go back at the start when we were saying the pride flag, there were more people who were upset by not flying it than those that thought that was the right decision. But there are a lot of people who say, okay, so what do I do? How do I help? And, and, and myself included, you know, I talk about situations that I don't, that I don't understand. And I'd like to listen to a different perspective and, and ask those questions. So what can we do? What's the next step? And I think, I think having an open forum and having these discussions is the way to do it. 
Yeah. And I definitely think a lot of workplaces now are very open to, you know, offering diversity courses for their employees and taking certain training. And I think that is such a great step, right? Especially being in a rural community. Um, our workplaces are definitely open to that. Um, and I think that's another step that other other um, areas you need to take as well is, is opening up to, you know, taking courses, understanding, you know, the BIPOC community, the LGBTQS plus community. Um, and yeah, like I know every single year or every couple of years at my work, we take different training all the time, you know, professional development is so important and that's a big piece of it too. So you guys talked about next steps and, and how workplaces and, and our community is slowly but surely starting to educate. But what are the next steps for you ladies, especially if town council doesn't move forward with approval of a, of a diversity committee? So luckily, we have reached out to a few counselors and they have been super supportive. Uh, but the next steps will be to attend one of our council meetings as delegates. And we're going to be chatting with the mayor as well as um, the rest of town council. And we're hoping that um, we can actually host this at the Petawawa Civic Center. So we're able to have some community members come in as well, obviously following uh, COVID protocol. Um, and we'll be discussing why it is beneficial for the town to have this committee and what types of things that we plan on doing, what our goals would be, what our strategies would be. And to be honest, if council does not approve this committee, we're gonna go ahead with it anyways. Um, it's, it's one of those things that you know, we definitely think it's more beneficial if the town, you know, for a subcommittee of the town, but if we don't have their support, um, we're still going to do this and yeah, we'll do it well. Yeah, yeah exactly. We've decided, you know, I would love to get the support of town council and like Ellen mentioned, the council people we've talked to have, uh, have been very supportive and, and I think that even just having this be more public and having people able to show their support will we'll kind of force their hand a little bit on that this is important to Petawawa, you know, and if it doesn't go forward, then then we're going to we're going to find another way. Um, the other thing that we did talk about is being able to show support in a way where we could collect signatures digitally from um, Petawawa, like from um, Petawawa residents. Um, so we were thinking of doing like a change.org kind of um, link where people could go in and, and just sign and say yes, that they would definitely support having this in their community. That's wonderful. I'm really, I'm really glad that we have the two of you taking on this initiative and, and offering to spearhead this and move forward. And, and not only that, ladies, I really appreciate both of you for not only meeting with me this evening, but for speaking out and, and for sharing your personal stories with myself and our listeners, as I know that this is not an easy feat, but one that will help others. So if anyone is interested in joining a diversity committee, do they have to be a, a resident of Petawawa? I believe so. If it is a committee that's attached to, um, to the town uh, council, yes, they would. Um, so yeah, but, but if people, you know, are interested in a committee, but don't live in Petawawa, I definitely recommend that, you know, they start a committee in their township or wherever they're living because it can only get more beneficial by having more of these committees start up. And where can they contact or reach out to either of you if they're interested in joining? So my email is ellengwong at outlook.com. So E-L-L-E-N-G-W-O-N-G at outlook.com. Or you can find me on Facebook under ellenwong-galant. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get my email as well. So conroy.beck. So C-O-N-R-O-Y 
Beck at gmail.com. And ladies, I always love to wrap up my podcast with a shout out to a local woman in business or a local business here in the Ottawa Valley, anybody you'd like everyone to know about. So I would actually like to give a shout out to Sharon Rowan, who is a local nurse practitioner. And uh, she runs the Well Women's Clinic here in Petawawa. So it is a spot where women can go if they don't have a primary care provider and they can receive basic health services. Awesome. And I would like to shout out uh, Amy Johnson, who's a principal in our, our Renfrew County District School Board. She's done a lot of work with uh, equity and inclusion and I've worked alongside her professionally and become a good friend of mine but um, someone that I like to model after a little bit and someone who's not afraid to challenge things that need to be challenged so I, I really respect that and like to shout out for Amy. Awesome. Well, ladies, thank you so much again for sitting down with me and talking about this very important and crucial issue. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the work that you guys are going to do. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having us here, Holly. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. All right, guys. So we're going to put their contact information in our show notes below of how you can reach out for more information or join their committee, um, which will be happening sometime this fall, fingers crossed. And as always, make sure you're following along on social media. We will see you guys next time.